Good evening and welcome to our Sunday night study of the book of Revelation on Sunday nights here at Mercedes Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia. We have been studying this wonderful book, the very last book of the Bible, and we have made our way all the way now to Revelation chapter 19, and in our service tonight, we're going to be looking at the first 10 verses of Revelation 19. So I would invite you, if you will, to take your Bibles and turn with us again to Revelation 19, starting in verse 1. And tonight, we're going to look at some heavenly hallelujahs. The time has come now for the Lord Jesus Christ to make his triumphant second return, his second coming to this earth. And in anticipation of that, in these verses, we have recorded for us some heavenly hallelujahs as heaven gets ready and heaven gets prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So before we look at these verses, Revelation 19, starting in verse 1, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a good day today, a blessed day today. I pray that you'll bless us as we have opened up your precious word. Bless us as we look at these verses tonight. Give us guidance and direction and understanding, I pray. And I pray for those of our church family, Father, who are sick and those who are suffering uh, tonight, those who are recovering from illnesses. I pray for your healing hand to be upon them. I pray that you'll bless our congregation, Lord, and help us all to return to good health and, and to be strong and, and healthy so that we can love you in a greater way and serve you in a greater way in the days to come. Thank you for your wonderful blessings. Thank you for who you are and all that you do for us. Bless us now as we open your precious, inspired, and infallible word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's read together Revelation chapter 19, starting in verse 1. And here's what John, the Apostle John, the human author of the book of Revelation, writes in Revelation 19, starting in verse 1. And after these things, John said, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Alleluia! Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. 
Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who were called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The Bible gives us, all throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the Bible gives us many reasons for praising our Lord. God is to be praised for all the perfections of His glorious being. God is to be praised for His holiness. God is to be praised for His mercy. God is to be praised for His great power. And God is to be praised for His grace. God is to be praised for His goodness. God is to be praised for His mighty works. God is to be praised for His work of creation. God is to be praised for His work of salvation. God is to be praised for the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. God is to be praised for the deliverance that He has granted to believers. The salvation He has granted to us from the penalty, from the power, and eventually from the very presence of indwelling sin through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is to be praised for the triumph that He gives believers over death and over the grave. He is to be praised for the triumph of the gospel. God is to be praised for the gifts of service that He gives to His people to be able to enable them to serve Him in this world. God is to be praised for the opportunity He gives us to serve Him. God is to be praised for the faith exhibited by other people. And God is to be praised for the grace and the goodness that He pours out on all believers. God is to be praised for His protection. God is to be praised for His provision. God is to be praised for providing for us the basic necessities of life. God is to be praised for the daily benefits and the daily blessings that He gives us. All of these are tangible expressions of His love and His great care for us. For this, God is to be praised. God is to be praised for what is yet to be ours. God is to be praised for the wonderful promise of heaven. God is to be praised for the extraordinary blessings that await His people in eternity. In short, God is to be praised always for all things. Our God is to be praised. Now in this passage that we look at, in Revelation 19, these verses just prior to the description of the second coming of Jesus Christ, in this passage, God is praised in heaven when He brings His judgment on the Antichrist and the final world kingdom that has been in rebellion against Him. While the destruction of the kingdom of the Antichrist will cause great dismay and great mourning on the earth. The destruction of the kingdom of the Antichrist 
will bring great joy and rejoicing in heaven. Now here's a question we need to ask. Why will there be rejoicing in heaven when God executes His judgment on those who are lost? Instead of rejoicing in heaven, why won't there be crying and mourning instead as God brings judgment on those who are lost upon the earth? Well, for one thing, we have to understand the nature and we have to understand the spiritual condition of the lost sinners who have survived the tribulation up to this point. Up to this point, the sinners who survived the tribulation will have had the greatest witness and the greatest opportunity to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ than any other people who will have ever lived. The survivors of the tribulation to this point, those who are lost, those who have received the mark of the beast, those who have rejected God, will have experienced the unprecedented and supernatural disasters of the tribulation, which they themselves on several occasions recorded in the book of Revelation, they themselves acknowledge to be the judgments of God upon the earth. Those sinners who have survived the tribulation to this point will have heard the most powerful preaching of the gospel ever presented in the history of the world. From the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, the two witnesses at the temple wall in Jerusalem, from the host of the redeemed saved during the time of the tribulation. These survivors even will have heard mighty and powerful angels who proclaim the gospel from the sky. There will be absolutely no excuse for the lost sinners of the tribulation not to be saved, not to hear the truth, not to repent, not to give their life to Christ. And yet, despite all of those advantages, these lost sinners, these followers of the Antichrist, these followers of Satan who survived to this point in the tribulation, will have crossed the point of no return in their rebellion against God. Their hearts and their souls will have become hardened into irreversible unbelief and defiant hatred of God. Despite the unprecedented witness of God that will be presented to them, despite the unprecedented opportunity to be saved that they will experience, those who survive, the sinners who survive to this point of the tribulation will defiantly and will have by this time forever slammed the door of their heart in the face of a loving God. The lost sinners at this point in the tribulation will be, will be guilty not only of rejecting God's powerful witness to them, they will also be guilty of unprecedented evil and corruption 
on a scale the world has never seen before. And not only that, piling upon all of that will be the fact that the sinners who survive in the tribulation to this point will be guilty of wholesale murder and slaughter of multitudes of those who come to faith in Christ during the time of the tribulation, those tribulation saints. All of that is true for those who survive to this point in the tribulation, those who have rejected Christ. That being said and that being true, however, heaven is not rejoicing over the damnation of these sinners. No. Heaven now is rejoicing because the return of Jesus Christ is at hand. It is about to happen, and it's recorded in the verses following those that we've read tonight. Heaven rejoices because the time has come for Jesus to come again. And when Jesus comes again, when he does so, all obstinate, God-hating sinners will finally be removed from the earth. When Jesus comes again, the earth will be restored to its lost glory. Jesus will be enthroned in a renewed Jerusalem. The earth will then be populated not by lost sinners when Jesus comes again, but by glorified and yet to be glorified believers and by the angels. And then God, when Jesus comes again, God will then be honored and glorified on earth as he should be. In this passage, heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. Hallelujah. Because human history is about to reach its final culmination. And Jesus Christ, earth's true king, is about to come and establish his millennial kingdom on this earth. This passage contains five reasons for heaven's joy. Jesus is about to come again. There are hallelujahs, hallelujahs heard in heaven. Five reasons given in this passage for why heaven has great joy at this point as Jesus prepares to come again. Number one, heaven rejoices because the final installment of God's salvation of believers is about to be accomplished. The Bible describes our salvation, the salvation of believers as a process. It happens in a moment, but it's a process that begins at that moment and continues to its completion. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, Jesus began a good work in you when he saved your soul, when you gave your life to Christ, but he has only begun that work. It's not completed yet. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that salvation begins when God saves the soul of the person who believes in Jesus Christ. At that moment when we give our life to Christ, the penalty of our sin, the penalty of our sin is forever forgiven. Hallelujah. That is called justification. It happens in a moment when a person gives their life to Christ. 
But that's not the end of salvation, the salvation that God gives to his people. Salvation continues as God works in our life in this world. It begins with justification, and it continues as after we are saved, God begins to work in our life to enable us to grow in victory over the power of conquered sin in our life, enabling us to live a life of worship, a life of service, a life that brings honor and glory to our God. That is called sanctification. The work of sanctification begins the moment we're justified. And it continues as long as we live in this world. God working in us to make us what he would have us to be. Our salvation, however, is not complete even with the work of sanctification. Our salvation continues when our souls go to heaven. When we die and we are finally, fully, and forever freed from the presence of sin in our life. And we are made perfect when we go to heaven. That is called glorification. But that's not all. Our salvation is not even complete with our glorification. Our salvation continues when our physical body, which died because of sin, is raised from the dead and saved and cleansed from the effects and the corruption and the contamination of sin. When this happens at the rapture, our saved soul will be rejoined with our saved and redeemed and glorified body, and we will be carried to heaven to be with our Lord. But that's not all. <laughs> when Jesus comes again, he's going to renew this earth, and we will live and serve with him on this earth, a renewed earth during the time of the millennial reign of Christ. But that's not all. At the end of the millennial reign of Christ, God is going to renovate the universe. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, and we will live with the Lord for all eternity. Heaven rejoices in this passage in anticipation of the second coming of Jesus Christ because the final installment of our salvation that God has given to his people is about to happen. Second of all, heaven rejoices because God's justice is about to be meted out upon a rebellious world. Over the centuries, the one and only God of creation has been hated and cursed and blasphemed and rejected by sinful and evil man. Since Jesus came into the world, and accomplished salvation for lost mankind. Since Jesus has come into the world, he has been blasphemed, he has been hated, and he has been rejected by many. But there will come a day when those who have caused the moral ruin, ruin of this world, those who have persecuted the people of God, those who have rejected and blasphemed God and the Lord Jesus Christ will face God's justice and God's vengeance. In this passage, heaven rejoices because the day of justice, the day of God's vindication has finally come. 
Thirdly, in this passage, heaven rejoices because rebellion, earthly rebellion, is about to come to an end. The destruction of the last and the most powerful empire in human history marks the end, the completion of the rebellion of mankind inspired by Satan. The rebellion that began long ago in the Garden of Eden will finally come to an end when Jesus comes again. And there'll be no more false religion in the world or worldly philosophies, injustice and unrighteousness. All of the evil results of human depravity will be erased from God's creation when Jesus comes again. And heaven rejoices that that is about to happen. Number four, heaven rejoices because God finally exerts his sovereign control over the universe. Again, Revelation 19, 6, And I heard, as it were, the voices of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Until this point, God has tolerated evil in his creation. God, because he's gracious and good, has withheld his just judgment, and he has stored up his wrath to this point. God has done this. God has withheld his wrath because he desires that none perish but all come to repentance. But in Revelation 19, the time has come for God to no longer tolerate evil and sin in his creation. The time has come for him to exert his sovereign control over the universe, over his creation. And heaven rejoices that the time has come for God to exert His sovereign control and power over all of His creation. And finally in this passage, heaven rejoices that the marriage of the Lamb is completed. Heaven rejoices because the time has come for the church, the bride of Christ, all believers of all of the ages will finally be joined together with Christ in the eternal home that he has prepared for his people. And that final completion of the church joining with Christ will be celebrated by the marriage supper of the Lamb, a great celebration of Christ with his people. And because of that, there is a hallelujah, there is rejoicing in heaven. What a tremendous passage this is. As it is anticipated in heaven that Jesus is about to come again to this earth. And my friend, he's coming again. There is no doubt. This passage that we have read concludes with an angel commanding John to write a word of blessing and to write a word of invitation to those who are lost. God continually reaches out to the lost, to the unsaved. Revelation 19, 9, Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who were called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those. You can come. 
There's still time. There's still opportunity. You can believe. You can be saved. You can be a part of the redeemed. Blessed are those who are called. Blessed are those who hear the invitation, receive the invitation to receive Christ and to be a part of his people. The angel also gave aged John, who was stranded on the Isle of Patmos, this word of encouragement. Oh, John, in his 90s, frail, beaten up, receiving this remarkable revelation. This angel looks at John and with compassion and with the touch of Almighty God and upon this angel, this angel says, these are the true sayings of God. The angel told John, this is true, this is real, this is going to happen. You can record it. You can know that it is true. Hallelujah in heaven. Jesus is coming again. When John fell at the angel's feet to worship him, the angel gently rebuked him. He told John that only God is worthy of worship. And the angel directed John to keep preaching about Jesus. Keep pointing people to Jesus. Worship Him. Worship God and God only. This is a reminder to us today. Until Jesus comes again, and He's coming again, my friend, we are to proclaim His gospel. We are to point people to Jesus Christ. That's our study of the book of Revelation tonight. Hallelujah in heaven as Jesus is coming again. And may those hallelujahs spill over to those of us who are on the earth. Do not despair. Do not be discouraged. Do not give up. Jesus is coming again. Let us be faithful in loving him and living for him in these days. For these things that have been written are true. Amen. Thank you all for joining us tonight in our study of the book of Revelation. May God bless you and may God bless me. May God bless all of us to love him and to live for him in greater ways in the days to come. Join us next Sunday night as we continue our study of the book of Revelation. We look at the second coming of Jesus Christ, the culmination of human history. Join us then, I pray. In Jesus' name, may he bless you all. Amen.